What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of the Dusty Dines podcast. It's a Thanksgiving Day special with my co-host, Gerber Jennings, Alan Peters. Friend. Good to hear you, brother. I hope your family is safe. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all. And we got a, a special special Thanksgiving edition here with uh, one of the sickest names in the show, uh, Mr. Rico Fada. Talent. So I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped to have him on. Uh, reading reading some of his stuff, it was kind of you know fucked up. He was he was projected to be one of the top guys in the show. what he has to say but how you been man you know i'm doing well i'm trying to make sure the service is good so we don't have any anchored issues the uh i'm living good man i can't complain you know the the job is treating me well uh i have to go in tomorrow actually for an interview for a promotion man no shit congrats congrats three years of putting up the hardship of of the work ethic has finally maybe gotten me somewhere we will see what uh what will you be doing supervisor basically yeah yeah somebody said alan's gonna be in charge now i don't know how smart that decision was but hey (laughs) listen somebody's got to do it no, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, hours change or still the yeah, same hours? Well, the hours are going to be the same, but now they're going to make me move departments and they're going to make me change my schedule. Good or bad? Well, okay, so I'm, like right now I'm a Saturday through Tuesday and I would okay. have to change to Wednesday to Saturday. That's not the end of the world. Yeah. But, you know, we got to yeah, switch things you. around now. I hear you, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, Mr. Rico Fada. How you doing, Rico? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show, dude. Thanks, thanks for taking the time out to uh, to speak with us. Absolutely, my pleasure, guys. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we just want to touch on you know your hockey career started when you were 15 years old in you know the OHL. Can you talk us through that and what the experiences were like? Well, it's kind of a good story. Uh, Ted Nolan uh, from the Sioux. His, uh, he was the original mastermind behind that, uh, you know, whole thing of me as a 15 year old playing for the Greyhounds. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, approached my dad, approached me in the summertime of that year and asked me if I'd be willing to try out for the team because it was the rules where you were from that, that city, whether it's Sault Ste. Marie or Sudbury, that you can actually play as a double underage. So, um, I really, really considered it and, you know, thought about it over the summer. And, you know, he was the mastermind of, like I said, of, of me being able to play for my hometown as a 15 year old. So, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to, to Teddy. He ended up leaving and then signing with Buffalo, but he continued uh, with that uh, plan of me being able to uh, play for the grounds. And I had a great training camp and made it and, you know, played with uh, Joey Thornton that year. So it was pretty memorable experience for me, especially as a 15 year old. Absolutely. And then like you being that young, did it, were you nervous? Were you, were you confident? What was that like? I, I don't know. I mean, I was so young. I don't think I understood the, you know, the magnitude and the gravity of, you know, what I was, you know, actually accomplishing at that point. Right. So, you know, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm 40 now, you know, now that I think about it, you know, this was something that was, you know, pretty significant in, in, in the hockey world. So, 
um, you know, a lot of people followed in my footsteps after that. So, yeah, I was nervous for sure. There was guys, some 15 years old, there's guys that were, you know, a lot bigger than I was, a lot more mature than I was physically, mentally. Um, you know, but I went to training camp and had a really good camp. So I trained, I went to the Minnesota hockey camps who Chris Stewart actually just bought, um, uh-huh. you know, trained all summer to make that team. So, you know, I had my, my goals set high for sure. Now you're talking about your goals being set high it comes to my next question for you. When did you know in your life that you wanted to play professional hockey, you know, in the NHL? You know what? I, I think it was that, I think I was 13, you know, I've always loved the game. I've always had a rink, um, you know, my dad built me a rink beside my house in Sault Ste. Marie, and it was pretty big. It was 22 by 8, sorry, 42 by 80. Like, that's a big rink, right? Bro, that's so, sick. Um, yeah. I always knew that I always wanted to play the game. You know, dreams mm-hmm. of, you know, hosting the Stanley Cup and playing in the NHL and being drafted. But I think what really solidified my um, dream was in the Quebec PV tournament. You know, everybody knows that tournament, and – we played in front of like 10,000 people, one game against Russia. And I scored that game winning goal. I think we won one, nothing. And the crowd was going crazy and they were all cheering our team's name. And that was it. That was my moment. That was my moment when I said to myself, I'm like, I really want to play in the NHL and I want to do this for a living. Like this was, you know, I was 13. Right. And that was, that was the day I'm telling you, that was the day. That's sick. That's <laughs> so sick. sick. Yeah. So sick. And then, you know, jumping forward, you were drafted by Calgary. Uh, and I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I, I, you know, it, your thoughts what, – what are your thoughts after hearing Craig Button say you weren't ready to play in the NHL? Well, I was pretty devastated, right? You know, like, yeah. you know, as an 18-year-old, you're going in there full of, you know, piss and vinegar. Um, you know, had a great training camp. Um, did extremely well in the rookie camp. Uh, led all you know rookies in scoring. Uh, went to training camp, full training camp, main camp, and I was in the top two or top three in scoring in all the preseason games and make the team and sign and you know and then have to take a step back. You know, thinking about it now, I physically I was ready. You know, I, I yep. you know I was I was built for it. I was fast. I was quick. Um, but the mental part of it, no, I was not ready. I personally, I wasn't ready. Um, you know, I wasn't ready for the, you know, the rigors of the NHL, the travel, um, like I said, physically, yes. But, uh, the next year I really set my goals high to, that I wanted to solidify, my, solidify myself as a full-time NHL player and be a top six, yep. you know, and mm-hmm. Calgary didn't see me that way. Calgary saw me more of a, you know, of a checker and I had a tough time kind of accepting that, you know, I scored a lot of goals in junior, you know, I scored 48 goals. Uh, the only guy that had more goals than me was Vinny LeCavier and he was first overall. So yeah, as an 18, 19 year old, that's a tough pill to swallow at the beginning. And, and, you know, maybe it was kind of my fault, maybe not handling it properly, but you know, I personally, I, I don't know. I don't think my situation was handled that well in, in, in Calgary, to be honest with you. I think, um, if they really wanted to develop their players at the time, yeah, you know, uh, you know, a lot of us didn't last that long. You know, I didn't last that long. Uh, Danny Kachuk didn't last that long. Uh, Oleg Saprikin, he didn't last that long. Those are three first round draft picks that didn't pan out. So, you know, is it the player? Partly, yeah, it was my fault. Yeah. Absolutely, you know. But was it the way that we were handled? Yeah, I mean, I didn't play. Yeah. You know, I played two minutes a game, fourth line. You know 
you know, tough getting ice time. Practicing was one thing, but, you know, it, it was tough, you know, and I really didn't start to get, gain my confidence really until I, you know, middle of the year when I got to New York, you know, that's three years into my career, mm. four years into my career, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's partly my fault, absolutely. I don't want to put everything on the flames or anything, but I don't think my situation was handled the best. You know, you look at a guy like Vinny LeCavier, you know, first overall, you know, he went to Tampa Bay and they played the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, they let him play power play. They, you know, they groomed him. They knew he was going to make mistakes. Um, I didn't have a leash. You know, I, I made a mistake. I was sitting. You know, that was that was a that was a tough, like I said, pill to swallow at the time. Now, let me ask you in, in the touch on that. It's this kind of like a two part question here. Do you think that being drafted by a different organization, things would have panned out well or no one knows? You know what? I, you never know what the yeah. you know, what the future holds. Right. I, I can't really answer that. But, um, you know, maybe if I did to go to a different team, things could have been differently. I mean, I, I have no regrets. No, you know? I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I got to an opportunity to play some, for some pretty, you know, uh, pretty, you know, prolific teams in the NHL, Pittsburgh, mm. New York, Calgary, mm. uh, Washington. Got to play some great people, made some great friends over the years. Uh, got to live out my dream. Um, I mean, obviously, I love for me to play more than 230 NHL games, you know, but mm-hmm. um, I maybe, maybe, you know, maybe if I went to a different team that I would have been, you know, allowed a little bit more leash. I would have been allowed to make those mistakes. I would have been allowed to, you know, maybe play a year in the minors, which I did. And then, you know, give me that opportunity. Like I went down in the minors and scored 29 goals as a 19 year old. Yeah, that's how you, you, know? you had 29, 29 goals, 29 assists. And it's like, I mean, to me. Uh, that's 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 the, that's the shit man <laughs> yeah i mean i felt good yeah. i felt good i thought that i you know i felt good i felt you know i was gonna go back get a really good crack at training camp and you know i really didn't you know they sent me down you know didn't even dress me for the last two games of the preseason you know i had to clear waivers my final year so you know i like i said i mean i i thought that i should have had a little bit better opportunity, almost scoring 30 goals as a 19 year old in the American league. Absolutely. Think, right. Thinking, okay, you know what, let's give this kid a crack. You know, he's done his, what he's had to do. He's done everything he's at. We've asked him to. And, you know, I felt like I didn't get that crack. So I, you know, I did what I had to do. I went down to the minors, did it again the next year. And I'm scoring 23, a little bit less, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, I well-rounded my game. You know, I started to play a little more defense, started to really concentrate on the defensive end of it playing a 200 foot game you know i was more of an offensive guy i didn't really think of the whole defensive stuff right yeah um you know i really started to really think about my game and and then i had finally had the opportunity to go to new york and that's where i kind of started like i said got a little more confident glenn Seder, you know took a chance on me so you know i have to give him kudos to that for giving me opportunity to keep my career going absolutely let's go rangers and the second (laughs) the second part of my question with that is like the technology, the technology they have today with like player development analytics. You think that if they had that, you know, earlier on in your playing career, you think it would have been different? Well, you know what? It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, I don't you know. That was a tough question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. You know what? You know, for me personally, you know, my game was built on speed, right? I was built on speed. Um, you know, maybe when, you know, before, getting to the NHL the players nowadays are way more well-groomed than we were we were more raw yeah you know you had guys like us like myself and Vinny and and David Leguan and you know we were raw talent you know we 
we could have went in either way where when you got to the NHL, they kind of groomed you where nowadays it's not like that. You're getting groomed in peewee. You're getting groomed in, you know, systems and one, two, two, four checks and, you know, defensive zone coverage. You know, these kids nowadays, they know everything before they even get even to the OHL, you know, so they're even learning systems in the OHL that they're playing at the NHL level. So when you get a player, you know, it's all a matter of whether that player fits in, in the right way. Yeah. You know, I think that's the way it goes. And, and analytics nowadays is, is a good thing. And you can really dive deep, you know, into that player. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a great opportunity. I got an opportunity to do the um, NHL uh, top prospects game uh, with sport testing in the OHL and the CHL. And I had an opportunity to test um, Mitch Marner, um, Connor McDavid, uh, Richie, uh, what a, like that draft class that year. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went down, did that whole thing and I had scouts and everybody, this is when I retired by the way. And I had scouts come to me. They're like, Hey, you know, what do you think about McDavid? Okay. What do you think about Marner? What do you think about this? And I would look at the numbers and say, okay, if I'm you guys, I'm taking McDavid by far can skate faster with the puck. I want a guy that can skate faster with the puck. (laughs) You know, he was actually slower without it because the kid chased the puck. You know, that's what he did. He pushed it in front of him and he chased that puck. And we know Connor McDavid, Mitch Marner, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're looking at things like that, you know, people are asking about Mitch Marner. I'm like, this kid's going to be lights out. And it was so cool to be able to analyze the players in that way. I mean, it, I did the top prospects game. We went in, did a practice, and then we played a game. You know, it was a totally different, you know, realm back then, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, you played in both the A and the NHL, and what what's the different experiences? Is is you know in the locker room playing in front of crowds? What's what's the difference for that? Well, I had an opportunity to play in St. John, and St. John we won a Calder Cup, right? So we won a championship uh, my second year with the Flames. We had an unbelievable team: Steve Bajian, Dave Roach, uh, Martin Brochu was our goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl Scoville, he had a you know great skating defenseman. You know, didn't you know really solidify himself in the NHL. But um, uh, Martin St. Louis was there for a little bit. Chris Clark, he ended up being captain of the uh, Washington Capitals at one point. So we had such a good team. We had a winning atmosphere. We had a winning culture there. You know, we wanted to win. We you know we we swallowed some of our egos because we knew that certain guys were going to score, certain guys were going to be checkers, certain guys were going to be uh, you know, doing certain things. Right. So, you know, I had a great experience in St. John and the fans were fantastic. I loved it out East. Uh, we had like 10, 12,000 people every game in the playoffs, which was a super great experience. Yeah, right? So, yeah. you know, then when you go to the NHL, I mean, everything's not just much better, right. You know, the fan, you had instead of 10, 12,000, you got, you know, sometimes ranks, you only got 5,000 in the HL, you know, then you get to the NHL, you got 18, 20,000 people, you know, it's, it, it's the NHL. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to say about it. You know, it's the atmosphere, it's the plane rides, it's the food on the plane. <laughs> yeah. it's the, you know, it's the people that you're playing with. You know, I got to play with some super cool guys, you know, Mark Messi and Eric Lindros. Yes. Yeah. You know, Pavel Burry, like I, Bobby Holy. Oh yeah. Bobby Holy. He was, he was my roommate by the way. <laughs> I wanted to be real, real quiet on my end because, you know, man, uh, <laughs> I'm a big Rangers fan, and that's why TJ brought me on today. But let me tell you something. Like, um, on paper, some of these names that you play for just alone with the Rangers, 
Yeah. Forget about it. Pretty cool. Very, very <laughs> pretty cool, cool stuff. Your talent, your talent speaks for itself, but pretty, pretty cool stuff. Man, brother. oh, I had so much fun in New York. I mean, I was young too, so and I was just coming in, right? And I had an opportunity to sit beside Mark Messier, like the guy, <laughs> he's the moose, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I sat beside him in the dressing room, like just to see him every day. Eric Lindros, he was my line mate. Four out of the five on the cup team oh, yeah. were your were your teammates. Exactly. Mike Richter is my idol, bro. Let me tell you something. Like Mike Richter <laughs> is like my hero of all heroes. He's the best. He's a great dude too. Like unbelievable guy. Like just to say a little bit about him, like he was a worth a workaholic. Him and Brian Leach, best guys. They were they'd work you, they grind you, but they were just super positive with you. Like I, I read a lot of respect for those two guys. Now here's another one, man. I, I'm sorry, T. How was how was Theo Flurry, man? Theo Flurry, you played with for a little while. Yeah, Theo. Theo for me, um, I played with him in Calgary too, right? Because yeah. he was there, and then he ended up leaving, going to New York, uh, two years before me. So I played with him for one year in New York when I was, or sorry, in um, in Calgary, and he was reserved. He was quiet. You know, he didn't do too much uh, when he was in Calgary, New York. Um, he was on a different page. Like he, like you, you could see his. You know, you read his book. I don't know if anybody's read his yeah, book. Yeah. Um, I've experienced some of those things with him, right? Like I was sitting in the room and he'd look over at me cause he sat beside me in the room in our practice facility in Rye. And he'd look over at me. He's like, yeah, I just came back from the casino. I, you know, I just won a hundred thousand dollars. Like I'd look at him like 21 year old kid Jesus. and going, what is going on here? You know, he was, uh, he was quiet. You know, Theo was very quiet to be honest with you. He didn't see much. He just came to the rink. He did his thing. Um, very well dressed like he loved his clothes by the way loved his clothes um but yeah i i didn't know until i read his book exactly kind of what he was up to right yeah mm-hmm. um i totally respect him like, i have him on twitter like i've messaged him a few times here and there but i i i never knew what he was doing until i read his book and I, I need to buy this book. Yeah, you need I've to never read it. Read it. Yeah, you... I feel like the only one in the yeah. conversation was not. In <laughs> yeah, right you need now. to read it. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but there was a few things that. No, that's great. He would tell stories. He would tell stories in the room to me and, and what he was doing. And I and didn't really resonate at the moment. And then as soon as I read the book, I'm like, oh, my God. OK, yeah, he just told he told me that story the day before. Right. So anyway, yeah, I, I really like Theo. He treated me really well. Um, you know, he was really, really nice to me. So I, I have nothing. Uh, to say anything about him, but I really, really like Theo. He's a super nice guy. That's awesome. And then let, let's uh, let's jump forward here. You played for one of the, you know, one of the sickest logos they had in the league, the Atlanta Thrashers. What was it like playing in Atlanta? You know, it, it wasn't there that long. Yeah. Um, you know, but I really, really liked it there. Like, it was super cool. Um, I've never really been that far down south, you mm-hmm. know, to play and um it was it was it was awesome like we lived about uh about 30 30 minutes or so from the downtown or practice we spent pretty much all of our time at the practice facility okay and uh the arena was humongous right because the the uh the basketball team was there and also they used to do college basketball as well so the arena had like twenty five thousand. jesus seats. christ so there was games that were, you know, sold out, you know, when we had Florida come in because it was a pretty big rivalry there. Mm-hmm. And that was a really cool experience. I got to play with some pretty cool guys, too. Like, I had Ilya Kovachuk. I played with Mark Savard. I played with Scott Mellenby. I played with there. Um, you know, I was young. Right? I just had a baby. just had my daughter. And, 
my wife and I lived there. Like we really, really liked it. You know, I go to rank in a sweater and a jacket or just a jacket, yeah. you know, for flip flops, you know, that was super cool. I never did something like that before besides training in the summertime, wearing a pair of shorts, you know, that was a cool experience, you know, not having to worry about snow and driving and stuff, but yeah, one I still have that jersey at my practice jersey at home, and I also have my game worn jersey from Atlanta. Those are really the coolest yeah, jerseys, sick. and I have my gloves too. Sick, I have my gloves. <laughs> bro, I bro, I have an original Statue of Liberty pro player. It, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's ooh, it feels good. It feels good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And for I, sure. uh, I got two more questions for you, and then we're we'll talk about uh, your hockey school that you had. Have um, you played for five different organizations? Which one, you know, touches your heart the most? Well, you know, Calgary being drafted, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I was always a a big Edmonton Oilers fan because I really, really liked Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was my – Gretzky and Mary Lemieux were my two idols growing up, right? So, um, you know, Calgary is a special place because, you know, because I I was drafted. You know, that was my draft team. So I always very speak highly of, you know, the organization for sure. Uh, I think the most – I think for my career, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. uh, was Pittsburgh. You know, I, I had the opportunity to play with my idol, Mario. I was on the same line as him for, you know, probably about a year-ish. You know, I played with him. I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot how to carry myself. I learned a lot how to become a pro. I was the most successful that year uh, for two years, really. And, you know, that was the year, you know, I did well. I scored 16 goals you know, felt good, you know, in the top six, every game in the lineup, every game wasn't, didn't feel like a bubble player. Yep. Um, Pittsburgh was special. You know, it was, I love the city reminded me a lot of Sault Ste. Marie. It was a, you know, blue collar town, you know, uh, hardworking people, beautiful city. Um, you know, reminded me a lot of where I'm from the Sioux and the people. Um, the arena was old. It was the old igloo, which was super awesome. You know, that absolutely. Dome. Yep. You know, it had a lot of character in it, and it was a and it was an older arena. And you know, going into that place, you know, looking at the Stanley Cubs up there in the, in the rafters, thinking, going, you know, I'm, you know, I'm skating on a you know pretty um, historic, uh, you know, arena here, mm-hmm. and people, you know, Martin Strachan, Mary Lemieux, you know, like just mm-hmm. just Mark Bergman was there. Like we had such a fun group of guys, and we all got along really, really well. Um, yeah, those three years in Pittsburgh were the most memorable, especially for my career. Now you talk about, you know, lining with Mario, like obviously one of the greatest players of all time. And you're, you're a young guy. What's it like? Like, were you starstruck? Were you like, holy shit? Were you like, (laughs) what were you like? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I was, I was, I was on a, I was on a podcast yesterday and or day before and, I told a story about me and the reason why I wore number 96. I even have a tattooed on my arm, by the way. Awesome. So, uh, awesome. <laughs> I wore 96 junior all the way through. Yep. It was one nine for Gretzky and one six for Lemieux. Absolutely. And that was something that, like I said, when I was 13, you know, I really, you know, really liked those two. And I said, you know, any, I always wore number nine and then I wore six, then I wore 16. You know, I wore some different numbers because of Mario and, you know, when I got there, like he was the first person that I went to. And I had these old pictures because I got them. I got my mom to send to me uh, of me as a kid with, you know, Mario's jersey on. And like, and, and he laughed at me. Like, he's like, he goes, oh, my God. He goes, I got one of these kids around me right now. <laughs> you know, but I told him flat out, yeah, flat out. Um, I'll tell you a good story about Mario in a minute. But 
flat out told him like you're my idol i'm like i'm so intimidated by you i'm like you need to be soft on me because i don't know what to do but he was uh, just a true gentleman um treated me so well um love playing with him i on my twitter or is it on my twitter i believe or or somewhere else i can't remember i have a picture of me and michael samuelson scoring in new jersey and you see a picture of me with my back and, and mario smiling at me he's like that's probably one of my biggest memories ever that's awesome um you know so i have that picture i have it framed it's in my house um you know it's a pretty cool experience but um yeah he's a great guy i got a good story but i was injured i'll tell you the story so <laughs> i'm injured mm-hmm. And in Carolina, Rob Brindamore um, hits me up against the board. It's not a bad hit, just a regular hit. Boom, I tweak my, I tweak my knee. Yep. And it teared a little bit. So I'm out for about two or three weeks. So I go back to Pittsburgh. They fly me back home. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm training. And Mario's hurt too, right? So he's got his, his hip injuries hurt. So him and I are training together every day. So he calls me up. He's like, okay, come pick you up. Go to the rink every day. And the weather was really nice. So he's like, okay, we go, we train. And we go play golf. I'm like, okay, this is a great day, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's done. He's like, Hey, he got bad news the one day. And he's like, yeah, I'm out for the rest of the year. So he was really bummed out. You can see it in his face. And I was ready to return. So the team was already on the road. They were in San Jose, LA. Uh, and I think Calgary. And I missed that road trip and I was bummed out because I missed the road trip. So they were flying to Atlanta all the way across. They're playing against Atlanta, my old team. Mm-hmm. Or going to be, or was going to be my team. So I'm ready to take a, a, a flight. So the secretary calls me and says, uh, says to me, Hey, you're going to, um, you're, you're going to play and you got to, you got to play to catch. I'm like, okay. He goes, she goes, you got to be at the airport at, uh, in, in three hours. I'm like, okay. So sure enough, Mario gets wind of it. Does he not call me and say, Hey, you're not going on that plane. You're coming with me. He has his own plane. No right? he, shit. He has his own plane. <laughs> no, what? So we, him and I sit on the plane the whole way down and just chit-chat, just me and him. And he's got his own private plane. It's, he didn't buy it, but he like rents it, right? So anytime he wants his plane. Yep. So he's like, I need to get out of town. I got a couple of meetings, but I want to meet the boys in Atlanta. We want to go out tonight. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so we go, on the, we go on the plane together. And he's, you know, he's reading the paper. He's hanging out. It's about maybe four o'clock ish. So, you know, we got about like a two and a half hour plane ride. Sure enough, he looks over at me and goes, Hey, you want a beer? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. So we have a couple of beers on the plane, hang out. We get to Atlanta. The guys just get in. They're exhausted. We look over. Mario says, okay. And that was the year that they wanted Crosby. So this is the year before they wanted Crosby. Yeah. And we were playing well. They had a good road trip. They won two out of the three games or something. And I wasn't there. And I was like, okay, I'm coming back against Atlanta. I was scheduled to come back against Atlanta. We go out, comes up to us. Okay, guys, everyone's going out today. No practice tomorrow. Game on Thursday. Guys are looking at each other like, holy crap. Like, we're not even going to practice right now. This is great. And so we go out, have some fun with the guys, go to the rink the following day. Um, We end up practicing, actually. And he comes to the game. We go, we win the game. We win the game. I had a great game. First game back, goal and assist, played awesome. Um, and I give it, you know, and it was kudos to him because he knew I was coming back. He knew that I was anxious to play. And I don't think I would have had a goal and assist that game if I didn't go with him, right? Yeah. Like I was nervous, you know, first real major injury. But it was just a great experience. So imagine sitting on the plane with this guy for two and a half hours and having a couple of beers with him and going to Atlanta on a private plane. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Good story. Good story.
Um, and then my last question for you is: After your NHL, you made the jump to play overseas, like many players do. What What was the decision, and why? Well, you know what? I needed some security. You know, I was, you know, I mentioned this before in another podcast that I had done, and you know, I had testicular cancer. You know, I and I got pretty scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. You know, you talk about cancer, you talk about these, you know, uh, that word, yep, it, it, yeah. scares, it scares a lot of people, right? And I was very fortunate that, you know, I, I just had to have it removed. I didn't have to have any, you know, it was my option, but I didn't have to have any, you know, uh, radiation treatment or anything like that. But, you know, I caught it in time, you know, thank goodness to my wife. And I was going through a tough time and, and it really affected my game. You know, I got to Pittsburgh that following year after I found out and I wasn't the same. And, you know, mentally I was not there. You know, I was trying to talk to people, trying to talk my way through it and it just wasn't working. And, you know, I, I wasn't playing, you know, and it is partly my fault because I should have, you know, seeked out help. Um, but I, in saying that, you know, I kind of shot myself in the foot because, you know, I was kind of I was playing okay uh-huh. enough to stay in the lineup, but I wasn't solidifying myself. So anyway, long story short, um, I was in Washington and I had a good training camp, played well. And then I kind of, you know, fell into this little, little depression where I couldn't get out of, you know, I, I just, I was not happy. I didn't like the game. Um, I was mad at myself. I was mad at the team. I was mad at the way I was performing and I needed security. You know, and I and I was going to be sent down to the minors, and I didn't want to do that to my wife. Yep. Um, my wife's been through enough, you know, of travel and me not being there, and we just had a child, and she needed security just as bad as I. Absolutely. Did. And um, I had the opportunity to go over to Europe and went to Germany first, and then went there for two years, won a championship, and went to Switzerland for another almost eight years, and then I spent the last uh, half a year in Finland. So. I needed to stay somewhere in one place for at least an extended period of time, not only for my health, but for my wife, she needed it. You know, she didn't want to go up and down and me moving to Hershey and then going back there and then she staying there, you know, it's, it's not the life, right? Some people think it's a good life. It's not sometimes, especially when I was a bubble player Mm -hmm. at the time. Absolutely. That was my decision. I needed security. Absolutely. And then can we talk about your hockey school? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I named it fast by fat. I think my dad and I kind of named it that I, I had retired at 35 ish just when I turned 35 yep. from Finland and I came home and um, during that time in Finland, my wife and I were basically my wife. She, I have to give her kudos. She applied for Tim Hortons. And in that time, you know, we had to get all of our financials ready. We had to send the application via uh, email uh, we had to make phone calls and, and whatever. So in the back of our minds, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what's my life after hockey yep. first and foremost? So she was thinking that she was, what is our life after hockey? So she applied for that. But in the meantime, we were waiting on, you know, we were approved to become a franchisee. Yep. We just didn't know where we were going. So in the meantime, you know, there's a hiatus there of, you know, not doing anything for almost six months to nine months. So I started this hockey school and I did it in the suit. And it was, it was successful. I mean, I did private lessons. I, you know, worked with the OHL a little bit. I uh, worked with the Greyhounds a little bit. I worked with the Lake State Lakers, the D1 uh, team across the river in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, it was, I was on track to kind of get into a coaching, you know, gig if I really, really wanted yeah. to. 
And Tim Hortons came up and we had the opportunity to take a brand new location here in Sault Ste. Marie, which I'm actually talking nice. to you in, in my <laughs> nice. office here. And uh, uh, we got the one franchise here in Sault Ste. Marie and, and it worked out really, really well. Now we have two. So I, we, my wife and I own two uh, Tim Hortons here in Sault Ste. Marie. And uh, yeah, so the hockey school went really well. Really, really enjoyed it. Love working with the kids. Now I got a little guy, my little guy, Raphael. Yep. Uh, he's seven and I coach him and I love it. I love being on the ice. I love having fun with the kids and teaching them and learning everything that I learned. So yeah, I, I, the hockey's always in my blood, yep. right? And, you know, now I'm selling coffee and donuts, but I still like to, still like to get on the ice. Oh, really yeah. good coffee at that. <laughs> it's yeah. good. It's good. It's a good thing. We got some good coffee. It's real good. But uh, Rico, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day, especially if you when you're at work right now. We we appreciate and uh, wish nothing but the best for you. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, sorry it took so long to get me on the show here. Uh, you're good. I really, really like it, man. It's awesome, and I really appreciate. It. Good luck with your show, you guys. I love it, and thanks for having me. Absolutely, today. thank you. Yep. Thanks for your time, right, brother. So yeah, that was that was pretty sick, man. <laughs> bro, I don't want to fanboy. You know me; I don't get like that. But, bro, that team, yeah, you know, just the, the Rangers team alone. Now, I would I would never cut you know a man's tenure short on any team. Every player yeah. as important as the next, right? But let's be serious. That Rangers team, right before mm-hmm. he went to Pittsburgh, on paper, I mean, it might be one of the best teams that the New York Rangers ever Absolutely. had. On paper, the year that they had, it wasn't a great year for the Rangers, but on Jesus. paper, I mean, listen, you as a, you as a Buffy head, I mean, Eric, oh, Eric God, is yeah. a guy, bro. I didn't, and I, and, oh, and this, is, this is the thing, I didn't, Nedved. I didn't want to, oh I my God, wanna, Peter Nedved, I didn't want to fanboy with him and talk oh. about Eric, you know what I mean? I, I was, eh, I don't want to be, the, I didn't want to be that guy. You could have. Like, dude, just, just hearing the stories he had, especially the one with Lemieux, like, like, oh, I, my God, yeah. This guy's got a private play. Jesus Christ. Wayne Gretzky owns his own yeah. There's got no be. way that Jay Gretzky. <laughs> Last guy I would have thought who ever Absolutely. had a private plane. Rented or not. I mean, granted, he's a legend. One of the best of all time. But still, that's how lucky can you be as a player to be told by your idol, who's not only one of the greatest players to ever live, like, hey, man. Yeah. Let's like, go hey, take let's a take a ride, ride you know, today. down to Atlanta, have some beers. Like, basically – his story that he told, like Mario went above and beyond the coaches and everything and said, Hey, we're going out, no practices. That that's that, to me, and I don't want to sound like a dick, that's big dick energy right there. I I, I appreciate it. I mean, listen, that's that the igloo, the igloo is the build. I mean, obviously yep. him and Yager, but the igloo is the building Absolutely. that Mario built. You know, I mean, just like even as a diehard Rangers fan. I could never look at Wayne Gretzky as a New York Ranger. Now, I don't mean that in the negative. What I mean is that if I see Wayne Gretzky, I see him in a Edmonton. Edmonton or LA. You know what I mean? And the, the L.A. costume even, you know, it's great because he was great for West Coast hockey in the 90s. But, like, as a solidified player, I mean, he's an Edmonton Oiler, right? You know what I mean? Even, even Messier. And Messier – that's a tough one because all the teams that he played for, again, that's another one. I, as a Rangers fan, someone's probably hearing this right now, like, dude, that's a silly statement, but he's another guy. I wouldn't even look at him as a Ranger. I would look True. at him as an Edmonton Oiler. 
And that, it's not it's not taking anything away from what they did for these teams. It's just now. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. I, you know, I was that's saying the thing about you know one of the topics we have, and we can we can throw the topics in there right now with with these players. Is you know a lot of people bring up comparison with you know older players playing in the game now, and you know Gretzky in today's NHL, Messi in today's NHL, Lemieux in today's NHL. What? What are your thoughts on that? You know what I mean? Like, do you think those guys can compete with the speed now or, or not? No. I mean, let's be serious. The, 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 the one who probably could still I, – I believe truly, and obviously we don't know any of these guys. This is obviously figurative. But I believe that each one of them, as long as, like, especially if Mario's health is, is, is a lot better than it was, you know, 10 years yep. ago, 20 years ago, I'm sure that they can obviously put a pair of skates on and, and skate around. Could they, could they play a whole entire game? Uh, I, I would probably say like if, if so one let's of say, them let's say like they're in their prime, real say they're in their prime, they're 25 years old. Could they play in the NHL now? 25 years old, that, how they played back then. I feel like Connor, Connor mm-hmm. and Wayne are probably, I mean, I'm not throwing Crosby out. But if I, I we got and and actually we can put the Pittsburgh guys together because I would put Wayne and Connor McDavid because I think that if 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 Connor can have any any close like if he can come close to the success not yep. even so much on the points but on like the the closeness of the success of the championships he might be the closest to Gretzky and I think Crosby is the closest to Mario. And that's not a direct uh, correlation yeah. because of a Pittsburgh thing. I just think his style of playing is a lot more like Mario than it would be Gretzky, where I think when Connor plays, he has a very Wayne Gretzky feel to it. Like he said, well, when Rico was speaking before, the year that I went to Tampa and saw the yeah. All-Star game, that was his first year on the ballot in the All-Star game. And watching him in the skills competition, man. Now, obviously, they're just joking around, but it, it means yeah. a lot to them still. But they're all having fun on the ice. It's their little summer vacation, you know, obviously, except for the, the hockey player that I wanted to see who blew me off and a bunch of children off, but we won't talk about that guy. Uh, but really, watching him skate Dude, on the he's ice so, is like... Listen, he's so smooth, and I'll tell you right I tell you, and I tell you, like it's last majestic. night we were on the ice. Um, Landon had practice last night. His team had practice because they have a tournament. Their, their tournaments are tomorrow in Hershey. And we have a kid, uh, Brody Taylor, right? Bro- yeah. What yeah, a great sick, name, Brody Taylor. Name. <laughs> Whoa. Um, the kid, the kid, you know, long legs, has the speed, but he just doesn't. He doesn't. I don't want, I'm not talking bad about the kid. I'm not. He just doesn't use his full potential. So and I was telling him, you know, he's got to use his legs. And the perfect example that I use, and I'm glad that it is brought up today, and I'm going to tell him to listen to the podcast, especially with what Rico said about Connor McDavid, is his skating. I said, I said, Brody, I'm like, you got YouTube. Every kid's got fucking YouTube these days. I said, Brody, go home and watch clips of Connor McDavid skating. And I say the same thing to my kid. You know what I mean? If there's one guy in this universe you want to focus on and, and you know, put your, you know, I, I don't know what word to use. is You want to watch the kid and dictate. Dictate 
how you want to skate is like Connor McDavid. Yeah, because realistically, like if you were to say Gretzky, that's like that's like exactly. shooting for the moon. Yeah. That's like me trying to be like that's like me saying, you know what, tomorrow I'm gonna wake up yeah. and I'm gonna be Jeff yeah, Bezos. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Like somebody who even if I owned my own company right now, someone would be like, you're probably not gonna get that good, but keep trying, mm-hmm. keep driving, keep skating. Because you never yeah, know. It's funny because you, you know, know, in Landon. Landon literally he'll watch <laughs> it's funny. I'm getting a personalized date by 10. Before he's 16 years old, this guy's going to be playing you, in Canada. Uh, did you see the picture Adrian eating. put up on Facebook? Yo, did you see the I, post that I made on I the video? His gotta... face? That face. <laughs> right? Oh, he's precious. Oh, first off, the picture is just a precious picture, but yeah. he's looking at you like but, he's John Cena. Yeah, they, were, they were professionally done, man, by, by a photographer the, for the team. But going back... Yeah, the pose That's what you is sick, do. He, bro. He I'm telling you, I'm not me. even kidding you. Yeah. I'm not telling you like a, a a friend or like a like a like looking at this. Even if I didn't know you, and you were like, "Oh, look at this picture." Like it's a mm-hmm. he, he looks yeah. tough, bro. He looks mean. <laughs> he means business. But he, I tell him, you know, I'm like, you know, just watch watch NHL because he's a visual learner as well. So I'm like, you, you, you just watch it. Yeah. Alan, this kid watches hours and hours of YouTube on. Oh my god! He's got passion, kid, bro. He's got I passion. Hear, I'm, bro, I'm you, the, if yeah, you I'm think if you right think now, that right, had the garage door open, and I can hear him. He's playing hockey in the kitchen while Adrian's cooking. I can hear him. Yeah, like listen, you you combine his mother and his uncles. You put that oh. in a pot and steam it. He's got more passion for the sport of hockey than the three oh, of them, God, and yeah. you know how much oh, they it's, they it's love ridiculous. it. You know what I mean? You, I I can't tell you. How much you know yeah. how much your wife loves hockey. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Obviously, your love for it. It 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 bleeds out, bro. It 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 it, it it's exuded to him and he has and I tell you, all of and, the options, yeah. you know, to be yeah. in a position to be successful. And, and that's why he's you, doing like, so he... well. His dad <laughs> sucks at hockey, but he does so well. Uh he it, it's funny that you, like his passion and everything, and he it, it's crazy. It's crazy at any age group nowadays, man. These kids are on the ice so much. And last week, I, 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 the look in his eye, and he was doing drills, and he just, he's, and I, I don't want. I'm not talking bad about my kid. Is he looked at me and he was crying, and I, because he felt like he, he wasn't even going. No, hard it, enough. it's yeah, not even kid, that. I'm telling you, he's a magic he, man. He was like, he felt like he was messing up. He looked like he was tired and everything. And, you know, I, I told I told everybody, I told the coaches, I said, listen, I'm like, Landon won't be there Friday. They had practice Friday, and then they had a game against Haverford, a non-league game, and then they had practice. And I said, listen, he's not going to be there. I was like, I told Landon, I'm like, listen, I'm not pushing you. I was like, we're going to take a weekend off, right? Alan, it was uh, – I'm telling you, I don't know if it's a dad thing or a coaching thing. That kid last night was all over the ice. He was buzzing around, like, skating better than I ever seen him. You know what I mean? And that's what every kid – and I think the kids now – the kids are on the ice way too much. I, 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 I love how they're playing the sport, but two to three times – like, three yeah. times a night, like, three times a week is ridiculous. Well, it's – you know, and it's the same thing as anything else. Like, ima- like imagine if he he took his talents in sports and put it into yeah. like a musical instrument. Right now, I'm not saying obviously he's got to do. I'm just saying as a figurative, it's the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? 
somebody who's forced, like I have a cousin, for example, right? The kid is literally a classically trained pianist. He took piano lessons from when he was like seven till he was probably like 18 years old. And I mean, it's the kind of talent that if you open up a composer who I can't even say yeah. his name out loud because I can't even pronounce it. You open the book, the kid looks at the book for a second, sees it. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where he was pushed so much to be a talented musician. And granted, he had really good talent. Someone like this would push someone with talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't push, which makes you honestly a great dad too, because you're you've never been the type yeah. to be a pushy or overzealous, which is only gonna benefit him, you know, tenfold. But the moral is is that my cousin no longer plays hmm. the piano. And he had the kind of talent where, yeah, you can open up a book and read this book word for word, but if I want you to play Mary yeah. Had a Little Lamb right now. He can't, he can't play Mary Had a Little Lamb. Now, I'm not saying it's, you know, because he's not, you know, he just doesn't, maybe he doesn't know Mary Had. It's just the example of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you push him, right? Let's say you were to push Lanny. Like, come on, Lanny. You know, you've got the talent. But what's going to happen is the same thing. Now we don't want to play hockey no more. Dad, I'm going to yeah. go play football at high school. You know what I'm saying? And not that that's a bit. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm going to like, I'm not backtracking, but I'm saying like, you know, hockey's good. You know, you you have, say you, these, the greatest sport you're going to play. Greatest sport you're going to play. He's got practice Wednesday, Friday, and then he usually has games Saturday, Sunday. So the kids skate, the kids are skating. It's a lifestyle, bro. He's skating four days out of the week. These kids are skating. You know what I mean? But ripped in high school. I I understand that these kids obviously are going to, you know, progress and and you know play higher levels of hockey and they're going to be practicing you know four days out of the week and everything but at this age right now yeah these kids are going to get you burned get burned out, out. You know? and, and, and that's what it is and that's why as a parent as a coach and i told him i said landon we're going to take a week off we're going to take a weekend off and it's good too because if he gets burned out now Imagine oh, exactly. what it's like in 10 years when he's not even, you know, he's not even yeah. in his 20s yet. You know what I mean? And and let's say this kid really does go far. I, I truly believe, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying this to you as a friend, bro, just because your guidance yeah. and your talent alone, the kid is going to see some really cool oh, things absolutely. when it comes to hockey. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. just because his own drive. He's not, you're not on the ice wearing his jersey and playing for him. You know what I mean? You can only go as far as saying, listen, I'm going to show you how to shoot this shot. I'm mm-hmm. going to teach you how to skate. The rest of it is on you, bro. And this kid just took it, took the ball. He found the brass ring. <laughs> WWE, I took the brass no, ring. And I tell, and I tell him, Alan, and, when you know he, I mean? and, and, and I told him this before. You know what I mean? And he was real timid in the beginning because this is like literally his legit, his second year of playing ice. Legitimately second year playing travel hockey. Right. And which is crazy. I said to him, he was real timid because he broke his arm when he was four. He wouldn't go into the boards and everything. He was real timid. And I said, Landon, I said, I, I don't play for you. You know what I mean? I can't play for you. I said, and I, I, you know, I did the whole, you know, dad cliche thing and you know, whatever I said, I, I made him look in a mirror and I said, that's the only person I said, you're the only person holding yourself packed is the one looking in the mirror. You know what I mean, and now, and and now, yeah. after I said that, and I, I could say things. I, I could only, I could say things as a coach, as a dad, and and this is what these coaches need to do. 
Yeah. He's also older yeah. now. Like, I mean, obviously he's not, you know, super older, but he, he's old enough now where he, he's, he's very, he's a functional, he's very, yeah. he can, fu- he's he can function mature, as a he's human. He's very mature for a nine year old. You know what I mean? For example, you know, if a goal gets scored on, right. And goal gets scored on, on our team, Landon's the first one at the goalie tapping on the head, hitting his pads. Hey, let's go. It's all right. You know what I mean? He's, and it, it, it shit it happens. happens. And, and I don't know if, you know, yeah. I I don't know if that comes from me. You know, as a dad teaching him that, or and, and I'm you know, if I did, I'm grateful for it. But he's very mature and for the things he does, man. And it's very, it's very, you know, it's 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 awesome. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I thought, yeah. And it clearly shows though yeah. too, though in his playing ability, mm-hmm. like the videos I've seen that you've sent me and such, like you can clearly see that. Even if he didn't like it, let's just say figuratively, yep. he hates hockey. And maybe he only plays hockey to, to yep. impress you and mom, which is obviously not the case. But like seriously, even for somebody yep. in that position, the kid still, he, he just exudes passion on the ice. And that, yeah. you can't teach that. You can't, you can't, you can put somebody, I mean, I could have a million dollars, bro. I could have a kid. I could contact Wayne Gretzky somehow and be like, Wayne. Just teach him how to skate. I'll pay you fifteen thousand yeah. dollars an hour. Teach the kid how to skate. That doesn't mean that the kid's gonna wake up the next day and say, "Man, I want to ice skate today." And then, man, I'm gonna be able to ice skate like Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen and, like and, that. And one, just, like one last thing before you know we get off here, uh, the, like I, you know, the passion with him. And and now I said this to Adrian. I said this to Eric. You know what I mean? I said this to Rob, my father-in-law. I said. There is nothing, mm. you know, I, and I've coached. I've coached for years, beyond years, and, you know, I've been pumped up when my team scores and everything. But to watch your kid score on a regular basis and watch his face when he scores goals is just – I yeah. tell you, it's the most prize-worthy thing a father could see. It re- it, it, dude – Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, you can't and, you can't write that in a book. You couldn't you couldn't oh, win that in a lottery. Dude, it, you know what it's I'm like his his and like like we said, his passion, man. He scores, Alan. I swear to God, yeah. he yells so loud, and his celebrate. He he does a celebration at new for every goal he does, but he always yells, "Let's go!" And his facial facial expression, price worth. Yeah, you know, it, 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 yeah. You just you see it. You yeah. see the you see the passion. It's it's love. But it's not even just him as a scorer too, though. He has a really good knowledge oh, of God, science yes. of hockey. Like he not only scoring goals, bro. He's scoring. There's games where he's yeah. had more assists than goals, bro. He's caring more Absolutely. about his teammates than him worrying about Absolutely. how many goals. You know what I mean? And he's still doing both very high, like high Absolutely. level. And he's Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, before he's 16, <laughs> I'll have 10. him print one out and say, per- give it to you when we're in personalized Jersey, when we're allowed to leave the state. Glossy, okay, glossy. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully. Yeah, sooner but than later. Uh, listen, uh, we just want to, you know, thank, you know, obviously Rico for spending the time on Thanksgiving here. Alan, thank you for joining us. You know, I, I know you're a huge Rangers guy, and you know, I, you're the first person I wanted to come on. Um, we also want to thank our sponsors, Ink Gurus. Uh, go check them out if you need any, you know, sweatshirts, T-shirts, anything. 88 Hockey, Goodwood Hockey, Bear Beards. Uh, 
DH Apparel. Go check them out. Uh, we go through it, but I'm getting a look from my wife. Everyone's coming over in a half hour here. So, uh, Alan, thank you again, and stay dusty, guys. Give regards to the family, all right, for me? Love.